Alrighty, hello and welcome to another episode of Two Dumbbells and a Microphone. I'm Joey Dussel. I'm DJ Moore. And we are here today with episode number seven. We'll be getting into some of the most common pitfalls and opportunities that we see from people uh, as they're working out in the gym. So hopefully we'll be able to provide some good advice on things that you might not think about and can make a big difference in your workout the very next time you go in. Immediately. Yeah. We like these kind of things for us. Uh, taking something that is informational and immediately adapting it right away. This makes it so much easier for you guys to say, hey, look, this information is easy to swallow. And that's the kind of content we want to give out. Easy, easy, easy to implement. Well, yeah, absolutely. That's the kind of stuff that makes the biggest difference for us. And so we want to be able to share that as well. Uh, before we get into that content, though, you have a moment for a, a fitness memory or a, excuse me, a fitness moment that you want to share. I do. So the last uh, podcast we did, we talked about snowboarding and uh, my re-entry into it and how I have been working myself out for so long that it was like my body was prepared to take on the, you know, snowboarding again. It had been that 20-year hiatus. Mm -hmm. um, and so getting right back into it, it's like there's, there's really no room for error. You're either going to do it or you're not going to do it. That's how it kind of works. So, but this week uh, I noticed it was even easier. And I'm not going to say this word that a lot of people use, the muscle memory, like my memory's coming back. No, mm. I'm actually doing more training that is specific to helping me improve upon the areas which were kind of lacking that I recognized last week, the week prior to that. Okay. And so like these pivoting moves with the back foot, these things were a little bit harder the time before. But during the week, I've been doing some more movement patterns that mimic these things and help me. So this last time I went up and it was like, Wow carving and dodging trees and stuff like that was just more automatic it wasn't nice. a thought out process like it was the time before and the time before that so just this altering of my training to a bit more specific for movement pattern is it was immediate that saturday so nice i will say this it's why I'm, I'm telling you guys this is because you can do this too within your own workouts is alter them to match the activity that you're about to perform. Mm. And uh, that makes it a lot easier when you go to do it when you haven't done it for so long. Mm -hmm. that's, my, that's, that's what I'm gonna say. That's nice, it. yeah, so the, the principle of specificity, right? And the idea of like a specific exercise in the gym benefiting you when you go outside to your, your regular life. Yeah. And you know, I love that with that story that you share, but right away I start running the numbers and I think about the amount of time that a person could spend in the gym maybe in a week, right? Five workouts, one hour each. That's five hours. When you go out to the mountain, I know you're already going to be there for more than five hours. We make it a, an all day thing. And so on the balance sheet, the work of the workouts is balanced out by the first session of fun. Right away, you're already getting more time back than what you've put in. Does yeah. Make it's, sense? It's, no, that's exactly right. So I believe that this, this idea that I've had it just, I don't know where we were, where I want to go with this. I want to say that a lot of people get stuck in their same movement patterns over and over again, the same one type of repetition mm -hmm. over and over again. And really the body just wants to move and be free. And so I think that if we start altering the way we, our movement patterns are using bands and kettlebells and dumbbells in different ways, you can change the way the body actually performs. And I, that's the kind of my whole thing being, you know, in my middle ages, I want to perform uh, when, I, when I play. Mm. 
And so my workout is is designed for the play later. Yeah. So get to get that return. That's yeah. great. Not just to, you know, have muscles and lift weights. It's it's to have actionable action. Mm-hmm to it yeah to be able to participate is a great thing and then i, I know and, and dj kind of knows this even without saying it there's also a certain threshold of built-in safety that you can create for yourself by being strong enough to to fall down and catch yourself on your hands yeah you, know, you have the strength to, to you know break that force and absorb that before you hit the hit the ground uh, or if you have too much of a tumble you can maybe go end over end and have good body awareness to know where you are in space and recover your stance or to be soft in the right moment yeah. to not get too much of a crash and that's a cool feeling that you know it's it's not scalable it's not, not no. something we can measure with the bathroom scale or any type of empirical scoreboard but it's really a huge result from our health and fitness efforts i am kind of glad you actually picked that up because there is a there is that side of i'm telling you all the good stuff but i took a couple wipeouts that maybe tumble over and over this stuff is steep and so you're going to take a few hits here and there Mm -hmm. but you're right it's made me durable i can get back up take the pressures take the tumble and get back up and go again yeah absolutely yeah you're right and to have that uh you know subconscious base base threshold of knowledge of self-safety that gives you confidence to try things tougher routes or even going to the mountain at all you know that's a cool expansion of your life bubble that comes from time in the iron against the iron in the gym yep and that's just the good news that like you said it's not tangible these are the things you can't write down in numbers but you get to experience in them and that's what i want you know people to understand is like there's an experience you could be having with your body and mind and you're missing out too yeah yeah, and I, I like the fact that we share these because so often we get into that world of the gym where there's always this element of like sacrifice. You're skipping out on some other time to go to the gym and have this anguishing effort. Um, and I know that that can be something that helps people kind of to be motivated against that challenge, uh, sort of a boot camp sort of way. But it's also really valuable to think, hey, when I go into the gym, I'm doing all this stuff for myself to become better. And that can take a little bit of the edge off of the discomfort the physical sensations that come oh 100 percent. and uh i want people to know too that you are extremely active and you have a really cool (laughs) story uh on that that bike of yours yeah um and i don't know if we want to take take a chance to talk about it now but maybe next week your your story we talk about that okay yeah and and share people with what you're kind of doing because i think dude (laughs) If you don't follow him on Instagram and know what he's done with this tandem bike and the and the trailer that you had and the gear mm-hmm. that you had, I think all of our camping dude, supplies. I get so geeked when I see people like you do this. Hmm. It's so cool. I'm not gonna do it, hmm. but watching another, <laughs> well because mine's mine's different. I like to yeah. snowboard and skateboard and, and totally. do other things, and you like to do this, which is totally cool. And I'm just impressed well at, thank you <laughs> that how because if anybody had, watches your you know follows you knows man that's not an easy feat what you're doing well yeah thank you the um so that trip that was spring break last week and we had a, a bike packing trip which is you know, you know tent camping along the river with your all of your gear either strapped to your bike or in a trailer behind and so it's a lot of weight with food water tent sleeping everything bag. yeah cold weather gear, rain stuff, biking stuff, everything that you parts. put in a truck <laughs> yeah. to haul to a destination you have on a tandem bike, bro. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so that's the other pieces. Brian and I ride a tandem. And so we have this really super spec 
almost like a race car of a tandem it's with amazing. different handlebar upgraded brakes. And, you know, Brian's really mechanical, so he loves the complicated nature of his custom build with the chain that's one link longer than, than they build and then more cassette width and stuff I can't even keep track of. But we get on there and we did our ride uh, last week, and it, it was kind of, as DJ says, uh, the ability to engage in that experience is only possible with a certain level of fitness. And oh, for yeah. this, it's the cycling, the leg strength and the cardio. Um, but even with that, you know, once you can pay that physical tax, then you get to go on, have those Canyon views and have that time, you know, on the downhill, the real fast stuff and, and the things that are fun. It's when of it. my lungs are burning my or, or I'm breathing heavily and my muscles are burning and I'm going down the slope and I'm dodging the trees and my adrenaline is kicking in. It's at this time that I recognize what all that's for. Mm. It's for me to enjoy a moment of like all the painful moments in the gym of, you know, burning my legs to get them stronger. Right. Yeah. Now when they burn, when I snowboard, I like that. Mm. I don't like it necessarily in the gym. I do it because it has a reason, but now I get to enjoy the pain as I'm, you know, scooting down the slopes. And that's something that you endured too while you were doing this. There's physical pain and endurance here going on, but it's still, it feels okay. It feels great, actually. Mm -hmm. I feel alive, if that is a way to describe it. It's like, I'm alive at this moment. Yeah. And it feels good. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's definitely something to the multi-sensory experience where you're kind of at your limit physically. You know, your legs are tired, you're breathing heavy, and you have the wind rushing over your your head and face and the sound of that and you're visually processing all the things in front of you or making decisions about your route. Like there is kind of a thrill that comes from that entire moment. And I think it's more thrilling when it's more physically challenging because that ups the ante of what you're doing. You notice something I haven't, we haven't talked about yet. It's like, we really haven't talked about uh, fat loss or muscle gain. Yeah, good point. In our e- podcast, even in this episode, right, or because the we're talking about total. health on a totally different. I uh, to me, it's a different level. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a person being healthy, but we didn't say you had to have six percent body fat to enjoy this. Yeah, because anybody can. Well, okay, let's not say it like that. <laughs> not not just anybody can do what we're doing. Sure, but you can start to participate in doing it. Mm-hmm. There's a lower levels of these activities that people yeah. can start with right now in and still experience what we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a great topic that we're not actually talking about you losing weight or eating specific foods or anything like that. We're just saying, hey, you know what? To be healthy is playing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really good observation. I'm glad you bring that up because, you know, while you and I are talking about this dynamic stuff like long bike rides and, and you know, being able to have a good day of snowboarding. I think that actually we have to be explicit in saying that there is benefits at all points along the way. It's not like they all come rushing in at the top when you lose that final digit of body fat. You're going to be able to experience benefits and and decide how far up the staircase you want to walk while you enjoy the view getting higher and higher. Yeah. My snowboard doesn't know how much body fat I have. Yeah. It just knows it's getting shredded. Yeah. All right. And I would add to that too with, um, you know, for some people that are listening or some of those individuals we've talked about before who are like brand new to their fitness journey, maybe they have a lot of extra body fat, you know, when you're able to start working into the beginning stages of fitness and making a difference, I expect that the results you feel there are more meaningful than a day of snowboarding. 
because it's going to be seven days a week that you're not out of breath just because you have to park in the third row of cars, right? Or you can go up those stairs and you don't get so sweaty that you're going to be embarrassed in your, in your meeting, right? Like that, I think, should be prioritized and talked about more than the stuff that we can celebrate or photograph, like we talked right. just even in the first 10 minutes of this podcast. I couldn't agree with you more, man. Yeah. I, don't even, I don't even want to add to that. That's it's exactly <laughs> cool. right. It's exactly right. Yeah. So use that too for yourself. If you're if you're ever feeling a little less motivated or like, you know, you you have a disconnection with what people are talking about in the industry and, and on the, the social media, all the things that come before you even get up to this level of fitness, that's more important. That's health before we get into fitness. Yes. And I think that that's a really important sort of continuum for everyone to keep in mind. How do we go from not not sick, which is you know the right direction. We don't want to be sick, but once we've gone into health, then we can start to go to fitness. We talk a lot about fitness because it's exciting and sexy and photographable, but health should be first. Always, there is a hierarchy here, yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, that's my well. That's my philosophy. Anyway, there is a hierarchy, uh, like we talked about in the last podcast. There's a hierarchy there too. Yeah, I think this is where we start. Fitness is second. Yeah. Health is first. And that's how we say it too. Health and fitness. Health and fitness yep. coaches. Yep. That's the way it's worded. Yeah. All right. Now I'll tell you what, we're about 13, yeah, 13 minutes in here. So we're already coming up to about 15 and I'll just say, <laughs> you know, we had an experience DJ and I this week with this, uh, this really short article supposedly written by a great knowledgeable coach in a, in a good publication. It was basically like styrofoam. It was like not very useful info. You could read it in 90 seconds or less. If you just did the headers of each paragraph, you were pretty much done. Um, and I bring it up now because so far, if you're still listening or watching, you're already 10 times longer than the attention span of that article. And so I want to applaud that and say, good for you on that. Keep that up and hopefully soak up the rest of what we have to, to talk about today. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to apologize for sharing good news and the positivity uh, of this. And I think when we started this, we didn't really set super time limits mm. on this because it's hard to put, what, how many years of experience together do we have? 50-some? Oh, man, gosh, yeah. We'll have to do the math. Right, but, but I don't want to sum up a topic in like 15 minutes yeah. when we spent years developing this and understanding it, and it takes may take an hour. Yeah, we can't compress it without losing value I on some of these. Yeah, and. and the reason I bring it up is because, you know, by being a bit longer form and by being more uh, indirect as we are, we have a disadvantage on the soundbite social media game. And so to that point, if you're enjoying the show, if you like what we're doing, I, I would really appreciate it if you can take the time to share it with one other person or put a review, put a comment somewhere so that we could kind of get a little bit of that energy online and showing that, that people are into this. Yeah, plus if you're on the cardio equipment right now and you're at 15 minutes, yeah. listen to us. You still got five more minutes before you're in that cardio zone anyway. So there it is. just chalk up this first part of this good, joyful talk that we bring up and enjoy this during your cardio, some lighthearted talk, you know, that's motivating it. and uh, can get you through your cardio. How about that? Love it. Let's do that. Awesome. Let's get on topic then. Okay, cool. So we said that today we were going to talk about some of the biggest uh, missed opportunities or mistakes, quote unquote, that yeah. a person can make in the gym. Behaviors. And yeah. Behavior, behavior changes. Like even we've even talked about this before recording, like, are these the right words to use to describe what we're talking about? Or is there a more accurate term? I don't, I said to you, I don't want to use the word mistakes mm -hmm. so much. Mm -hmm. 
as to because some people don't actually know what they're doing is a mistake. Right. They may have seen three or four people do it that way. They've copied those people and they don't know any better. Mm-hmm. So I can't mm-hmm. call it a real mistake. It's you're uneducated, yeah. not in a negative way. You just don't know better. Right. So and then once you start doing that, you create what we call a behavior mm-hmm. and pattern. And that's something that I, we have to correct. Yeah. There's missed opportunity yeah. here. Yeah. And and that's a great point. You know, it's it's not exactly right to call it a mistake if a person is preemptively attempting to do that. If they're following advice that might not be correct advice, but they're trying it, that's I don't think that we can call that a mistake. Now, misinformed or even maybe they have the right advice, but they're doing it incorrectly. Those can also be ways that people miss out on some of the results yes. from their health and fitness efforts. And that's what it's really about for me. I don't want myself to go to the gym and end up with sweaty body and laundry and no other improvements, no other results. And so I always think about the effectiveness and the efficiency of what I'm doing and the way to spread that out to other people who are also willing to, to work hard and get sweaty and take the time out of their day to do this. Right. It, it, you got this whiteboard over yeah, here. Yeah, over on the and, wall. And we've got a couple words written up there, which is actually kind of useful mm-hmm. now that I see this. And so we, let's, let's bring up the top one breathing as, as a, yeah, as a pattern or right. as, a, as a behavior on how to do something that where you lose the opportunity to be more successful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we teach certain things about breathing opportunities, I've taught my clients how to breathe correctly, especially things like doing like the squat, right? Timing it during the movement. When do you yeah. inhale? When do you exhale? Right. And we find here that a lot of people almost, at least in my experience, Almost instinctually, people will hold their breath. Right, really common. Really, really. Even common. myself, yeah. And uh, but there has been a few that don't mm. that will uh, breathe the opposite way. Mm. You know, inhale on the way up and exhale on the way down. It's like so they right. lost yeah. So typically this. they'll typically we would ex exhale on the exertion. That's right. how I remember it. Yep. They both start with the That's letter E. I, so I'll be breathing out while I'm driving upward to finish the squat or pressing upward to finish a, a bench press or a push up. And you're saying some individuals will flip that around, have their inhale, exhale be right. reversed. In reverse. And right. they, they don't know any better. Mm-hmm. I, I, you can tell when they, when they do that. They didn't know. But there's that little missed opportunity for some structure in the way the body moves. Right. And so when we lose that technique or that breathing pattern, we've lost momentum or tension or strength, mm-hmm. or power mm-hmm. uh, in those movements. Sometimes so, all. <laughs> true. All yeah. of it is really happening. Mm-hmm. And so we like to say when learning how to breathe, you know, there is a proper way to breathe. Mm-hmm. And getting educated on this would be something very important. And I think right. you just touched on it. When do we hold? When do we exhale? It's actually very simple but it does take practice when under load. Right. It's one more thing to think about while you're also physically challenged, mentally challenged, counting, all this stuff's going on all at once. And this can be one more thing to think about. And I know for myself personally, um, breathing at first, when I heard about it, it kind of had this sort of woo woo quality of like, Oh, you want me to breathe like a hippie in a yoga session while I'm doing workouts? No way, man. There's too much going on. I just need to, gulp down air as fast as I can. I don't have time or energy to think about the mechanics of my breathing. And this was my young, naive, and early early training self. But 
I think that it is a, a valid idea because when you're coming into an exercise program, you are already overwhelmed by your technique of range of motion. How many reps? What's going on? Oh, and what implement should I use? All these questions that you have with every single rep, it can be challenging to add breathing on, on top of that. Well, yeah, and we are talking to people who are sort of new to this. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, Matt, take that back. Maybe there are people out there who have been going to the gym two, three, four, five years. Maybe this is the first time they've really learned and right. heard about some, there's a breathing technique in the way. Yeah. Well, yes, absolutely, there's a way. So take my advice. Uh, if, you're, if you're hiring somebody, they should be able to teach you this too as well. Right, yeah. So I would argue that we should actually, instead of thinking about our breathing mechanics as one more piece that we layer on, on top of range of motion and the other parts of like, say a squat, I think we should put breathing first. And that should be what we use as our beginning step of technique. And if you are unable to maintain a proper breathing pattern or cadence, then your workout at that moment is too intense. You should scale down somehow or take a rest so you can still maintain this even inhale, exhale. And I'll tell you that that is absolutely the simplest advice that I, I ask people to start with. Before we even think about timing it with the movement or the number of breaths per minute or anything that's nerdy, I just ask people to get a complete exhale. Blow out like you're blowing out birthday cake candles until you're completely empty, and you'll be surprised at how much is in reserve here in the lower part of your lungs. Yeah, you will notice. Right? And if you're anything like me, you're breathing from the upper chest three times as fast, but one third as deep. And ultimately, the reason this is important is because that's a stressful way for an individual to be breathing. And it's going to take your 60-minute workout session and give your body the message of almost like 60 minutes of running from a predator who was chasing you so much that you were nervously breathing. We can contrast that to 60 minutes of even breathing, full exhale, full inhale. Even if you did less weightlifting, even if you did fewer reps, the totality of that workout block is going to be better for you because your body's going to perceive it as sweat and effort, but not stressful. Wow, man. These are some of the things that I don't think a lot of uh, coaches or trainers are really talking about. This, this beginning stages of actually working out. The mistake that I think a lot of us make as coaches and trainers is not breaking it down even further. Just the simple part of breathing, which we have now explained, is not as simple as we've made it out to be. There is a real technique and practice needed in order to execute it with optimally. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's not even being communicated. I don't. I didn't. I didn't hear this in any of my books that I was reading. Truth, man. There yeah. Wasn't even, there, same. There wasn't, you know, they didn't say, "Oh, yeah," and this is how you breathe and breathe like this and breathe like that. And you're like, "What?" Right. I had. I already knew this from being in the gym for years and years and years and reading other material and then talking to other professionals mm -hmm. about this. Mm -hmm. This wasn't even in my certifications mm. about that breathing like that. Yeah. The only education I got on breathing was like ultra technical, usually had these complicated body positional drills where oh, you're, he, oh, you're laying on your stomach and you have your hands and you feel your, your stomach and against the floor. And those are valuable, Absolutely. but I think that they're kind of, only valuable for a more elite athlete. Yep. Right. You know? and, and if we bring the, we know the value of breathing, but if we bring that breathing to the beginner, it is overwhelming. And so I like to just break it down and say, hey, get the exhale. When, you're, when your lungs are empty, now you have room for a deep inhale. And if you're working out hard enough to need a deep inhale, it's going to happen automatically. And I love the idea of just keeping that threshold of breathing first. That's taking care of your number one priority as a, a human animal. 
if your workout is not sustainable with a good level cadence of breathing, then I think it's momentarily too hard. Right. And I know there's a lot of value in pushing ourselves into the the real challenge zone, but I'm talking about multiple workouts per week, multiple years in a row, really keeping our consistent effort. Well, we can't, we can't sprint all the time. Sometimes we need to be able to slow things down to jog or even to walk. And your, your own breathing can be a great way to meter your workout and make sure it's at the appropriate level. Yeah. I will give you the guys, whoever's, whoever's this newest and you want to go work out, I'll give you the pass to lighten the load, take a little bit off, right? And then focus on this other part. I know it's not glamorous to drop your weight down. I, I get it, man. It's I, tough, I tell yeah. you, oh, well. I even hate it. Uh, me too. But it, I will do it because I know what I'm supposed to be doing. This is the yeah. right way, and I will mm-hmm. drop it down. Mm-hmm. I got another... Uh, quote unquote mistake or correctional behavior or opportunity that's different. Let me share one point oh, yeah. on breathing before go we go. I, yeah. I don't want to lose share this thought yeah. because I think it's really important too, okay. but go ahead. Hang on to it. And, and I'll tell the audience mostly, I think I've shared this with you already. Um, I have a, a kind of poignant story to share about breathing and I think it's a good one to really make this memorable for you. Uh, and you can think of this in the future. And so, you know, long story short, I was getting set up for my workout one day, um, actually on Nike campus, great gyms there. They have fantastic equipment and, you know, big stereo up in the ceiling that provides music for everybody, but um, not great soundtrack, <laughs> not my favorite songs to listen to personally. So I always go with my earbuds so I can have my own music uh, and we can maybe have a whole podcast about playlist and the way that music can influence our workouts. But I have a specific playlist that I like to listen to. It drops me into the workout moment and it takes me sure. through the timing, the cadence of a warm-up, the tempo increases, I'm lifting heavier. It's a great, it's a great playlist. But this day, I put those earbuds in and the batteries are completely dead. And so I don't get this music. But I'm at work. This is where I work. And so if I'm there on the floor, there's no way I'm gonna get through a workout session without people coming up to me and asking questions about technique or where equipment might be or how to do something or just to say hi. And this day, I don't want any of that. So I put my earbuds in even without any charge because I want to give the signal of unavailability and kind of just wave and say hi to bye to people in the same moment. So I have my earbuds in, but they're not playing anything. And this gives me a really unique opportunity to be able to actually hear what's going on in the gym while it looks like I'm not. And so while I'm warming up and doing my stretches and, and on the bike, there's another athlete there who's real fast. She's just spitfire of a woman ex-gymnast she's on the rowing machine she's doing her barbell lift looks great Um, body's awesome her her lifting technique is good but i'm listening to her breathing pattern and because i have this kind of secret voyeuristic opportunity of my no music earbuds i'm able to hear her and she's like panting she's she sounds like she is that animal that's running away from a a, pre, a, yeah, a predator she's exhausted sounding exactly yeah. yeah and i'm just thinking in my head and and this is not to take her down or, or attack her in any way but if we were to think about a year of workouts for her maybe just five percent slower so she can maintain that breathing she's going to lift a little less total poundage but i think her entire fitness will be elevated of course it performance will everywhere will go up if she's able to just tweak the way she performs those workouts. Yeah. Leave a little bit for tomorrow. Yeah. It's kind of what I, I mean, like I mean, we talked about this before I work medium to medium hard. 
leave a little bit for tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow's coming and I got to do some of this other stuff too as well. Yeah. And I have been, I have been the culprit of, of working out that hard, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. me too. I'm I mean, not just, trying to take her apart. No, I, I think it I've actually it. should spend some time in these really high oh, yeah. effort efforts, uh, moments, I think. Oh, but yeah. I'll tell you that for myself personally, I have this little vision on, on fitness, which is augmented by martial arts participation. So when I'm doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I'm sparring with my opponent, one of the first things I try to do is compromise his ability to get those full breaths. Yeah, if I can right. put my body weight on his rib cage or I have my knee against his stomach while I'm on top... Well, then that's going to mean he's not able to, to breathe quite as well. And so for that moment, oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead and hit the recording again. So for that moment, he's just definitely going to be uh, limited. His threshold is not going to be as high as it could be if he's not able to get that full breath. And so when he's in that position, uh, or excuse me, when he's in that position, that's to my advantage. Yeah, go ahead. And that's why I want to keep my best breathing for my own self during the workouts. I don't want to be like my own opponent and start to compromise my breathing mechanics. And that's how that woman was when she was working out. Basically, by panting like that, she's reducing what her total workout quality yeah. is going to be. Like, oops, so there you go. You use the word like optimal. Yeah. It's this optimizing and value uh, that we give our workouts. And by having that less, that 5% less mm-hmm. would actually do us better. Totally. So, yeah. And I, I think that I this that. is like, um, you know, a, a great way to put it is maybe a performance ceiling. Like you'll only get so fast if you're panting and you're breathing that way during the workout. But if you can actually bring your breathing mechanics into better technique, you're going to be able to go faster, longer, further, heavier, whatever it may be. And that goes for a lot of movement patterns. Oh, yeah. you, can get, you can get super yeah. good at one squat stance, but to make the progression to your ultimate heaviest squats, you might need to change your foot placement, unrack the bar, I mean, un, uh, unload the weights on the bar, and then start to reprogram yourself towards that higher performance threshold or that ceiling. I agree. Yeah. And I've also done the uh, dead earbuds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good. Uh, technique before <laughs> yeah so you know what i'm talking about you gotta gotta tell people don't bother me well, right now well because when we worked in a in a when i worked in a large gym you know uh i'm not popular but everybody knows who i am right what i do and so of course they're gonna ask me well, where's this at or who you know how do i do this and it's like of course but if i do have my headphones in right. on they're less likely to to disturb me so it's when you work there the only difference is your shirt from a uniform yeah, yeah, to definitely. your workout t-shirt yeah, yeah. and then they still see you they, and they so they still see you. me though yeah well, and, and I'll tell you that, you know, piggybacked on this story of, of the woman I was listening to in the gym while she was working out, um, when I, we were preparing for this episode, I thought of another moment that I share with people that I think is related to this breathing and also to the, determining the right intensity. And so another story, and, and bear, bear with me here, um, I was actually with my middle brother and I went into a gym sauna, he and I together. This was actually a sauna that our dad built in our laundry room at our house. So pretty small, a little private spot. And my brother and I go in there, he pulls the door open. We go in there and we're in there for 10 or 15 minutes. And as we're in there, he starts to get too hot. And I do a lot of steam room and sauna. So I'm like, oh, no big deal. I'm going to, I'm going to stay in. So he stays in with me. Another two minutes goes by. He's really breathing heavy. He's like, okay, man, I'm starting to get too hot. He goes down to the lower bench. A few more minutes goes by. And now Sam is like, man, I'm way too hot. He's, he's almost panicking 
He's getting so hot. So he goes over to the sauna door. He grabs the handle. He pulls and he pulls and he pulls and he pulls the door handle off because he needs to get out of there right now. But he needs to push the door to go out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so I share this story not to make fun of him, but because if we were looking at that, you know, from 30,000 feet, my brother was in there for, let's say, 13 minutes and he can harness all the benefits of that sauna time. If he stays in there for 13 and a half, it starts to get a little negative because he's being worried. 14 minutes, he's really getting some stress response. 15 minutes, it's getting worse. Panic. Yeah, and if he knew that I was outside holding the door closed, or if we had both been locked in there by some nefarious evildoer, well, then we would both be worried, right? Because we would be getting stressed and and really negative about what was happening. And that would literally just be happening in one minute of extra duration. And so if we take this story and we think about the, the concept of it, we can apply the same thing to the workout. Four rounds might be the fourth round is, is the one that's harmful to you. Three was what you were ready for and what was good for you that day, what you could breathe well and do correctly. But when you tried to do four, because that's what the magazine said, now you're getting into that stressful, too long in the sauna type response in your body, just, the, just from the dose. Okay. And now, now you make me want to want to add a story, a okay. true a true life story as well, um, with with our clients. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that you've had this happen with you too. A client will come in and will say, "Well, I didn't really get good sleep last night." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, how much sleep did you get?" You know, and they'll say like maybe three to four. Well, my plan for them that day has already been mapped out. Mm-hmm. Like I already know what I want them to do, how I want them to accomplish it, the sets and reps, and all the exercises are already laid out. Well, when they give me that little bit of information, I automatically have to change that yeah. because I know that they're not going to be optimally performing that task mm-hmm. because that, like you said, it's going to turn into a panic. It's going to turn into a negative. It's going to turn into a, right. a minus in what they're doing and their experience is going to be bad mm-hmm. too as well. So not on top of that, they're tired and you're going to thrash them. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. So that's highly inappropriate. It's highly. Two reasons. Yeah, well, yeah. We have just two. Mm-hmm. So, there's that idea too. Even as a coach and trainer, you need to listen to your client and say at, at these times, "Hey, whoa, John just said he didn't. He had three hours of sleep. You know what? Maybe today we just do mobility movement patterns." Totally. It yeah. just happened to me on Friday hmm. and Tuesday that two of the gentlemen I train, one come back, one came back from <laughs> playing five games of basketball, hmm. and he looked at me, he goes, "Man." I am beat up. Yeah. I knew immediately that we were not doing squats that day. And so we just spent the entire hour yeah. just stretching out, using the peanut, using the crossball, using the foam roller, self-massage, all these other techniques. And so we took it down. Mm-hmm. We pulled it back. We did less than 5% less. We did like 95% strain less. Right, right, yeah. And then happened on Tuesday. One of my gentlemen came in after having pneumonia for a couple weeks. Again, we can't just go into doing battle ropes and slam balls and, and stuff like that. No, right. we got to like get this dude to be moving again. So again, yeah. scaling back for that ultimate benefit and not pushing them. Right. And then being in the negative. And having See, that's a great example of, of a person doing the appropriate level for themselves that day. That's right. right. If you need stretch, stretch. And then don't be spending any time saying like, oh, I should have lifted and blah, blah, blah. No. If you need Actually, to stretch and you stretch, I say that's 100% bullseye target perfect. This goes into right maybe the next, the next topic, which is the kind of these mistakes or correctional behaviors. Yeah. When you go to the gym, maybe you only got four hours of sleep. Instead of you that exercise program that you had to do, 
maybe you scrap that and do something else that would be more beneficial to you. So right. one of the things that we probably have seen and I do see is overdoing it. Yep, definitely. Going, doing way too much, way too hard with lack of sleep. That was going to be my fourth one on the board over there. Was going to be the the too much training, which it's is so trendy much. right now. Did like, I get it? Yeah, like you know, as we're doing this, we're talking about we have our whiteboard over here with kind of some some thought map and stuff as we put some ideas out there. But you know, if if we're talking about the value of matching your workout intensity to your level for that day, it can be tough when you're not a fitness professional or you don't have someone right there to coach you through the session. But the first thing you can do to, to find that match is to monitor your breathing. If you lose that ability for the nice, even breath, slow things down, take a break and get back in there. And that's true for yep. squats, for planks, for cycling. If you're snowboarding and you're going so fast that you're like almost panic breathing, you should slow down and have more fun and be on the runs for longer. And so I, I urge you to apply that to the gym as well and use that as your first measurement of whether you're going too fast, too slow, or hopefully just right. Breathing is one of those great indicators. Yeah. And so that brings us right into your point, which is this kind of, you know, um, just so much workout where we're doing these Navy SEAL caliber sessions. Uh, and if not up for that, people don't do anything at all, which is, I think, the biggest breakdown because then they, they miss out on, you know, getting any effort. And so if we have our top three, the fourth one could maybe be these programs that are that are just simply – Herculean, heroic, you know, military inspired type stuff, which are great for those people, but are not the majority of, of people. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that I see is if, if you don't get good sleep, you're likely not to do anything at all. And I think that could be something that's missed, mm -hmm. a missed mm -hmm. opportunity, another behavior that you may have. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I only got four hours. I can't possibly go to the gym and do anything. And it's like, no, you could. And there's some stuff out there that could really make you feel better. True. I've done this with my clients time and time again. They'll come in with little to no sleep or super stressed out. I'm saying, wait, we're just going to change mm -hmm. the idea of working out into this type of workout. And they've always yeah. benefited from that, even with the lack of sleep. Because my clients come in pretty early and then they have to go to work early. So, mm -hmm. But if we get just positive blood flow and movement, yeah, these, their workday starts on the right track. Yeah, that's even a great way if they're tired. get you on the right rhythm. Yeah. And on the other side of that, at the end of the day, like I've had plans for a workout session after my, my errands and my sessions with coaching. And then by the time that it's time for my session to start, I'm, I'm spent. I don't have enough energy for what I had planned. And sometimes I roll that all the way back from barbell weightlifting to body weight movement to just bracing and stretching to eventually, if I need to, I take a steam and sauna and I take a shower and I put on all the clothes I was going to put on after my workout. And so I'm still changing into that post-workout gear. But what I had that day was the executive workout. And that's what I did. And then the next day I'll be ready for the good hard stuff that, that puts us into the improvement zone. Cool. I got another topic. Okay, go for it. Okay. And this not on the board at all. Oh, boy. This might actually be a mistake. Okay. The monkey see, monkey do mistake. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I know it's common for a lot of people who are new to the gym or been there for a while, because I've seen this too, they will copy another person's technique mm -hmm. um, and they're new to the game. And they may be watching somebody whose technique is actually flawed. Mm -hmm. And then we get this perpetual domino effect, right? This, well, 
it looks like that's working for that person. I will try it too. And then we get to so many people doing the same exercise. I've seen this so many times when a new, when a new, okay, a new exercise comes out on the market, right? Something fancy or something. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you'll see like everybody doing it. Mm -hmm. And they're still doing it. When it's trendy. It's trendy. And then they're still doing it wrong. And it's like a copy of a copy in the co- in the copy machine. And it's the like the quality is running goes down out. lower. Yeah, yeah. And so and this isn't this. to knock anybody because no. of course we look around the gym, we see someone who looks fit or looks you know like they're they're having good success. You have that desire to emulate and to achieve what they're achieving. But I think what DJ is saying is that some people have achievements in spite of the thing that you're seeing them do. Yes, that that's a good way okay. to word it. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I have seen um, some fantastically built human beings in the gym and then watch their technique. And I'm like, well, hell, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how your back's not out. Like, yeah. I don't know right. How... Boulder shoulders, but well, you know, then they're going to be disabled when they're an older person. And it's like, oh, I don't know. But then man. I've seen people walk up to them and then this, these built people will try to teach these other non-built people or not, you know, haven't been in the gym that long kind of people mm-hmm. and like try to explain to them how to do it. And then, they do it wrong. Yeah. Or I've seen this where I've seen somebody coming into the gym and I know they're new. You can just always, I can always tell. Um, they'll look around and they'll watch some people do some stuff on machines or some free weights, right? And then immediately go over and like, as soon as that person is done with that, they'll go right over and try to do exactly what they did. Okay, yeah. I've seen that too. And again, I think that that's a mistake because you're just copying somebody who doesn't really know what I maybe want to lead up to this is like- Well, shoot. And even if they know what they're doing, the first person- the copier doesn't know if they're so copying correctly. Right. And so it's sort of this like um, like an amateur chef. You see someone do a dish and you don't know well enough not to copy. That's like a mistake that they've made. You say, oh, I'm going to do that too. And I'm going to present it to, to Gordon Ramsay on Hell's Kitchen. Well, he's going to say, no way, man. That's not good enough. Not Gordon. That dude's a Yeah, he'll take you apart. Well, but it's that idea of like, just because you're seeing other people do it doesn't mean it's inherently good. And just even if it is good doesn't mean you're performing it correctly or you're ready to do that or that you're yeah that it's at the right step for you i will put myself in this position here to let you all know that it took me many years to perfect my squat and chest press and military press and bent over rows and things that require some real technical technical abilities but i definitely don't want somebody trying to copy my first year of squats Mm. yeah i'd rather they copy the ones I'm doing now. Totally. For sure. Because, yeah, yeah. and then my chest press, all that stuff. I, I, I would rather you copy me now than <laughs> the 20 years ago because it was wrong. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any better. Right. I was simply copying what I saw in the magazines and what I saw people around me do, mm-hmm. which I will lead to this then. If you're, if you're having a hard time getting the correction like, or knowing how to do these things, getting an education is okay for you hiring a trainer yeah. to help you do these things, it's okay. And if you're not willing to hire a trainer, well then it should be up to you to start digging into this. Because if you want to spend some time in here doing this, then you need to look up how to do it. And I'm okay if you go ahead and right. search the web. Yeah. Go ahead, but make sure it's right. It's a challenge to find out that info because there's it just is. so much out there There's now. a ton of it. Yeah. So. It's up to you. If you don't want to go and spend the money to go get educated from somebody who is educated already, mm-hmm. then you have to educate yourself. Right. And please do this just for your own safety, right? And, and, and so that you actually sp- have a better time at doing this. Mm-hmm. Some people don't even stay in the gym. The mistake too here is this. 
you incorrectly do these patterns, you don't like the way they make your body feel because they make your body feel the incorrect pains, mm-hmm. then you stop. Right, the dropout. Yeah. The dropout because of improper technique. Yep. So maybe the takeaway here is we have to get you educated too. And if you're not educated, we're not making fun of you. We get it. Right. We had to. It it's challenging. Years. We have the whole industry saying, hey, it's so confusing. You got to hire me. And, and that adds to the swirl of all the info that's out there. But, you know, as we're talking about this, I think for people, like you mentioned, you know, maybe hiring a trainer or getting some, some courses, some education, it's a lot like, you know, imagine if the power went out in your house. You could start to learn about the electrical wiring and what you needed to do to repair it, but you would be learning by candlelight and you'd be cold because your heat would be out, you know? And so I think that the trainer is kind of metaphorically like the electrician. He's going to come over. He's going to get your stuff straightened out. He's going to get the lights back on for you. And now you could continue to learn about electricity in the comfort of natural heat and, and the, the lights being on. And that, that way you can take your time to, to get the level of understanding you want. And so if we think about this from a fitness standpoint, rather than going to the gym on your own and spending all this time trying to learn about it in the dark, get some illumination, get a good plan, get five sessions right off the bat. And then the next sessions you go to are going to be so much more impactful than if you were still just going along on your own. It's true. And we're going to get some feedback from this, but like, what if I don't have money for a trainer? Okay. It's okay. Because there, there there is a world on that internet that has Mm -hmm. people who are properly coaching too. Oh dude, hell, I barely have money for a trainer. (laughs) They're expensive. We are expensive. Yeah, we become expensive. And I understand that. And I think this is one of the reasons we wanted to have this kind of podcast and our online presence. Mm -hmm. Because we wanted to be able to deliver this information free. Yeah. We know you have problems. We know you don't like to do things. We know you're having these issues. But we want to help you with those things. And we don't, I don't want to charge you for them. I mean, heck, this is information that you should have at your fingertips or in your earlobes for you right now. Right. You should not yeah. have to go to the gym and not have the information you need, the correct stuff. I agree with that, especially when a person is working on um, like a very just reasonable goal. You know, whenever I hear somebody saying, yeah, I just want to be able to pick my kids up and play with them and still be around when they graduate in, in 10 years. I'm like, dude, here you go, Jim, have all this stuff you can for free, you know, because that's so much more worthy and i don't mean to sound judgmental but it's so much more worthy than like oh i want to look the fittest or i want to be the fastest and get the world record or win the championship that's great and i'll help you do that and i'll charge you for it but i'm i'm inclined to charge less when it's a you know like a family thing and it's something that they're just trying to get everyday fitness you know or or we should say everyday health everyday right health. just like we said at the start yep. of the podcast everyday i health. love helping with health and so if we're thinking about health coming before fitness, and we're talking about the importance of doing the right level of what what you should for that day. I think that these three that I have written on the board, one of which we've talked about, breathing, bracing, and pacing, these three can be great for you to monitor your own workout intensity and make sure you're doing it appropriately. And and I know these are right because I, I do them for myself, and I use them as ways to monitor my client's progression as well. So breathing we've talked about already. If you lose that ability for the consistent full exhale, full inhale, if you find yourself breathing high up in your chest, which these are the muscles that we use if we're trying to cough or clear a a choking obstruction in our throat, instead we should be breathing low to the belly with the diaphragm. If you lose that breathing pattern, scale your workout down or make it a little easier or take a bit of a break. 
And the same goes true for these next two. If you're moving through your workouts, I think every single position should start with a period, at least briefly, of anti-movement where you're bracing your core, your glutes, your shoulders, and you're actually holding yourself stationary in between every single rep and in between every single movement. So like a pause. Exactly, yeah. And, and that actually brings me in perfectly to the next one, which is pacing, the pacing of our movement. And I, I again, use this as a way to monitor progression. So if a person is, say, for a, a squat, if they're starting standing and plopping down to the bottom and then standing up as quick as they can, their pace of movement is probably much too fast to really get the best results for their muscles and, and ultimately puts a lot more load into their joints. And so instead of having a quick down and up, which is a very athletic, very trendy way to move. I like to see people taking at least one full second to get down, one second stopped at the bottom, one second on the way back up, and then one second in between reps where they're reestablishing their bracing and they make sure they haven't lost their posture or, or disconnected from the core. If you're able to do that in your workouts with the weights that you're lifting, then we're ready to start with the next heaviest set of weights. But if yeah. you're not into that pace, if you're plopping down or if you're not able to, to pause at the bottom, if you don't have the strength to hold for a moment, well, then we need to make it lighter or easier in some manner. And so that's for your own best health. This is information that you don't get to hear a lot, Joey. Mm. Like, I understand exactly what you're saying. It's this uh, idea, I, I like to use the word controlling it. Totally. Yeah, that's if, a great idea. If you could too. start at the top, go down to the bottom and then go right back to the top. And I can see in my clients, they have control over that movement. We're good. Yeah. We're okay to increase load. Mm -hmm. It's okay to do a few more reps because I see that control. Now I, I will say this, there are points and times where they have to be sort of out of control to experience what their body needs sure. to do to what I call like the autocorrect. Right. To regain to something, re, to yeah. regain that structure. Sometimes being out of it is part of the process. Right. But like you were saying, I have to have that control over that movement pattern, whether it is fast or slow mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in either of those terms. Up or down. Up or, or down. Or change direction halfway yep. through. Yeah, There I mean, has to be that semblance of, of control through right. it. Right. And that's like, well, some people will say, well, well, you just have to do slow squats? Like, no. You can do faster squats, but there has to be that control with it. What mm -hmm. happens with the knee, the back, the shoulders? Sure, all faster by choice, not choice, by the only way right? that you can do it. And, and yeah. it's for a specific thing. Like I train some fast squats actually, mm -hmm. because of the things that I am active in. Right, I need my muscle to respond in these sort of patterns and movements and timing to emulate something. Mm -hmm. And so I do them like that, but I also do them really freaking slow. Right. Yeah. I do this twenty-second squat. Oh, Lord. 20 seconds to complete one single rep from standing to down to back to standing again. That's brutally slow. The and worst part is the 10 seconds up. Yeah, real slow on the, on the drive up. But I'm only using like 95 pounds. Very light and compared I can, to what you could do for, for right, one single for, rep for with one fast rep, pace. Yeah. yeah, and that 95 pounds for five reps it's the worst thing ever. Yeah. And, and that's a great example of it because, you know, you say worst ever, but, but with the chuckle because you know it's like yeah. worst, most effective. Right. And so we like it. But, you know, to that point, if we imagine, you know, DJ and DJ standing next to each other, one is DJ going one rep slowly, 20 seconds to go up and down. And the other is DJ 20 times up and down. Well, if we compare those two, the slower pace is going to have the same, or if not more, time of 
tension yep. in his leg muscles. Yep. And it's only going to be one bending of the knee. So from bent to straight and back again, right? Instead of 20 times really fast where the joint is still having 20 expressions. And then that time under tension is segmented and it's chopped up to being these very quick and short movements. That's not in DJ's best interest. And so right now it's super trendy to do like 50 squats in a row as fast as you can. And that can be a great workout, but only after we've done 50 squats as slowly as we can, or maybe even 10 squats, because then we only have to bend our knees 10 times and we have a better result from our workout. So we've talked about breathing, we've talked about bracing, and now we're talking about pace. And I think this is so important because if you are moving yourself or your own, uh, excuse me, uh, external objects like dumbbells, if you don't have control over those at all points along the way, well, then you're missing out on some of the results that you could get from that exposure to that lift. Uh, yeah. Pace. Just, pace. I, I want, because we're going to have about two different paces or is it timing? Right. It's just kind of like the, the right, missed just, opportunity of just not even putting any strategic. I mean, cause if I was training a martial artist, I would have him go slowly down, completely stop, maybe remove the tension from his body if I could, and then explosively drive up. So he was gathering from the beginning and creating what, what we call starting power, which would be like, instead of needing a big twist backwards to throw a punch, you can be here and start and go forward and have that dynamic fat. That's a timing that would be strategic for that martial artist. But if I'm training Susie, who's got two kids in a minivan, I'm going to go slow. And when she can go slow with 15 pounds, I'm going to ask her to go the same speed with 20 and then 25. And and then maybe if we need to, we can develop some some faster movement, but she'll be better off in the dynamic stuff later if she set the foundation of the slow control. Yeah, movement it is true. With. And this is sort of my little beef with, uh, man, I didn't know this. You, you sparked something in me when <laughs> yeah. you said that. What I what I really wanted to say, and I, I'm please, I do not, I'm not cracking on the people who do this. Sure. The classes inside the gyms. Um, they are wonderful. They have great group responses, uh, and, and people like to be in a group when they're doing those 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 classes that they right. do, those boot camps that they do, where there are all these people inside in this one little room sweating to death, and yeah. they're just doing all these movements sporadically and fast. And the and the uh, the fitness instructor on the stage is really capable of doing all these movements rather rapidly. And then I look out into the crowd, right, or because. I'm only using my perspective for the, the last gym I was at. We could actually mm. see into the because yeah, the one wind, one wall was windows. Yeah, nothing the but interior windows. Interior wall, so we could see from a, the hallway. As a coach, I'm looking in and I'm seeing, you know, 90% of these uh, the crowd fumbling and stumbling over these movements, which are yeah. supposed to be precise and accurate and, and in depth and in movement and, and in breathing and embracing and in pacing. Mm-hmm. And I see them fumbling over it, and I'm like, man. There's some missed opportunity for the proper coaching of health. Yeah. The the instructor has an opportunity to 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 talk out into the crowd and say, "Hey, if you can't keep up, we're gonna you can do this half pace right. or show them the half pace opportunity." Right. Because I think a lot of people would stay in there and feel more comfortable if there was an opportunity to to have that. Totally. But what I've seen in the years to come is that, or the, the years I've been in there, is watching it be done and then nobody cares mm. they're just fumbling and stumbling along and they come out of there all sweaty and and tired but they really didn't get the right 
workout for themselves. Yeah. Now it might have been a good thing for about. it might have been a good thing for their mentality to be there amongst people. Mm-hmm. And yes, they did burn some calories and they did get their oxygen and there. So there's many huge. Right. We're not trying to take that apart. Right. We just want all that plus a tiny bit plus more. Yeah. a little bit more accuracy with same standards we hold to ourselves. Right. I, I think so. That's yeah. what I'm trying to get at. And I know this moment where I, I, I it's one of the hardest times of my fitness career where people will come out of those classes and they're like pumped up because of what they've done. And I'm also like, yeah, but like every single squat that you did was knees started and you didn't use your hips. And I know you're going to have some discomfort tomorrow and knee pain, you know, when you're in your fifties. So I want to give you a high five, but I also don't because I want to call you out for your own safety. Like you know, for your own good. But it's really the instructor's opportunity. Yeah, and that's where I think the industry is kind of in this arms race to make the class more flashy, more athletic, more jumpy. But the only people that aren't coming along with that are the participants. They're they're equally unready, maybe worse off than even a decade ago. It's classes for like you and classes. me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> High I could go level in there and athletic it would be tough. Yeah. guys who are ready to jump and bound and, and, and fall and do all this stuff, mm-hmm. ready to go. Mm-hmm. Not for Susie with two kids and a minivan. Right. This is her first year. Yeah, we have to factor in that and give different to begin with. And so if you can maintain breathing, bracing, pacing, and you make sure your workouts aren't in that that too much category, I think that you really end up with a good or at least a better experience as you go through your fitness buildup. I think that this is a good opportunity to talk about that real quick. The experience you have goes so far. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you start having these negative experiences because your lack of education, right? This is where a lot of people fall. Right. They have all these negative experiences with their health and then they don't succeed. And there's this, this turn back of like anti-health. Like right. it didn't yeah. work for me. It's not going to happen. I don't. The metronome swings It's just away. swings and pendulums so far the other way that that person now will miss out. Mm-hmm. And that's. That pains me as a, as a coach to see that there's a person who just missed out on that opportunity because of lack of education. So please share this information with as many people as you want to because we love to educate people so that they have that experience, Joey. Mm-hmm. We, nobody's talking about the experience people are having in the gym. Right. Maybe this yeah. is an opportunity I, to I tell you. We get to we get to start to broadcast It shouldn't that, be a negative. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a positive either, Mm -hmm. but it has to be something that you learn from and want to do again because you know it has benefit. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're banging your head and not getting a benefit from it, I understand why you don't want to go back. Well, yeah, you know, I get that totally. And and I think about um, with fitness, it's a a lot like um, bathing, right? If you're in the shower every day, 10 minutes in the shower is different than 70 minutes on Sunday. And so, yeah, go ahead. If you're thinking about this with your fitness efforts too, like again, comparing the shower to the workout, if you can only shower with ice cold water and there's sharp floor underneath that hurts your feet when you're barefoot and, you know, I could list 10 more things that make the shower experience less uh, enjoyable. Well, yeah, I would be unmotivated or dismotivated from participating in that. And so For your workouts, try to identify those things that are like the cold water of the workout. What do you not enjoy? And maybe you can make a little adjustment there so that it's something you look forward to and that you realize, oh, yeah, this has benefits for me. I have to take some time out of my day to make sure I smell good and my skin is clean and then I can get back to what I'm doing. I think that fitness should occupy the same place for us 
But unfortunately, it's in this David Groggins kind of constant anguish. You and I are not in anguish when we're doing push-ups, right? We do enough that we feel the effort. We know we're going to be sore. We're pumped on that. And yeah, it's uncomfortable, but I'm not doing it because I'm trying to harden my mind, you know, in some kind of like prisoner of war style workout. And I think that the industry is so obsessed with that right now that the lay person believes they should participate that way as well. Yeah. So when they do some push-ups with their elbows flared and their whole, their shoulders hurt, they say, oh, you're supposed to have pain while you work out. No, you're supposed to learn proper technique, go with push-ups on your knees until you build your chest stability that you can do push-ups without joint pain. Muscle discomfort, sure, but joint pain, no way. That's a distinction that I think fitness professionals don't talk about when we yes. post on Instagram yes. about our workout. You know, There's different types of pains. Yeah, and there are good ones, and there's there's ones that are bad, and that's the distinction that you're right. Nobody's really talking about. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, you gotta fill those muscles, man. You gotta get. No, you, no, you know. Oh. No, you do not. Exactly. That, that is yeah. not true. Absolutely not true. I do not work my muscles out until they are just absolutely screaming at me. Mm-hmm. I don't. I do do that from time to time when I have put it into my workout. Right. There are specific, there are certain times where I will do a certain thing that I need it to do this for that time. And I need to be in that painful moment because Mm -hmm. it's going to reward me for the thing I'm doing after that. Right. So it's specific and strategic. Yes. Yep. But most of the time, no. Yeah. That's not a core tenant of your, of your way of coaching. You know, we've talked about breathing, bracing, pacing. Nowhere on here did we put this atrociously challenging workouts that, that challenge your mental like yeah that has a place in programs but only later on only sometimes and only judiciously like we've talked right. about if you look up some certain individuals instagrams you'd think every single workout is going in five six days a week and is like is like he's being punished you know and i, no. I know that that's great for him and it's motivating for people too but in the long term of things and this is i think the the trump card if you work out like that for one three or five years you will be surpassed by everybody who works out for one, three, or five decades. And I hope to be that decade person. All my friends in high school who lifted heavier and maybe still are lifting heavier are going to be injured because they do it a little improperly, and that means I'll pass them up when they're making no progress at all because they have a back injury. And so keep that in mind for yourself too. If you're in a workout and you're like in that sauna moment where I explained with my brother, you start to feel too hot, that's that's the sign. Boom, stop the workout. Put your weights away. It's going to take two or three minutes to rack everything, and that's a little bit of a cool down, but that should be what you do in that day if that's how you feel. And it only, it's only possible to have that kind of fidelity, that proficiency, once you've developed it with consistent effort. That's the practice we talk about, getting in so often. This stuff takes years, people. It does, man. It so takes years to understand your own body. And when people like us tell you what you're supposed to understand, you're still not going to understand it right away. It's an experience. Right. Oh, man, that's so true. I was eight years in before I said, oh, that's where my head and neck should be positioned. Do you know how long (laughs) I did thoracic extensions for a lot of my moves, thinking I was supposed to have this extension through my chest, and then years later wonder why my upper abdominal Hmm. muscle right here would pooch out so much more. Hmm. Well, it's because I, I, I trained my body to that. do this, yeah, right? Yeah. And so I spent the last years of my life doing this is learning how to pull my rib cage down and in. 
Right. What? And that was partway through your fitness career. Partway through. With purposeful focus. And, and people would have you know, looked at me and been like, dude, this guy's in phenomenal shape. There's nothing wrong with him. And I'm going, absolutely there is. Mm. Look at my improper training. Did this to my body. Right. And now I'm having to correct that so that I don't have further problems yeah. down the way. The mistake I made self-inflicted. was self-inflicted. Yeah. But it was also because what I talked about earlier, the lack of education on that topic. So now that I know it, I now teach it. That's such a good point, DJ, because, you know, we can talk about this and we're already over an hour that we've been going on. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, when, when we talk about this stuff, I really hope that it's, um, that it's clear that we aren't bringing this to you on some kind of holier than thou type of activity. And, and even with the breathing, I didn't really figure that out until the pandemic when I was doing my live stream broadcasts because all of a sudden I had to speak through the entire workout and perform all the reps at the same time. Like I was in, in front of the, of the whole class, right? To do. Yeah. And that was for one-on-ones over zoom and for some group fitness stuff. But all of a sudden I was like, okay, you have to do seven like this. And, and I realized, wow, Joey, even more than 10 years into your workouts, you don't properly breathe as well as you try to advocate for other people to properly breathe. And sure, I had a little more duties with the the workout briefing and the you know, master of ceremony stuff. But I would bet any person we make their breathing better, their performance goes up. We improve their bracing technique and the, the patterning of every single movement, their performance goes up. Correct. And then if they can be well-rounded in their pace to the point where they can control the down, isolate and stop the forces to make a stationary movement, and then create more force to regain that movement, that pace of control will then allow you to, to play with dynamic with receiving with change direction all the different forces come after the baseline of one second down one second stop one second up and then return to that bracing for a a second and you'll probably need those four counts to properly breathe inhaling and exhaling otherwise you're not going to be getting that full breath so it really fits together nicely and you know what else really fits here i'm so glad that we i'm just sitting here i'm just ding to my own head yeah it's the way i have my online training set up Mm -hmm. because i'm doing all that mobility first right i talked to you about this right how i have my three phases well it's all that mobility and flexibility and walking that we're going to start with this really i'm not going to say low level because it's not a low level it's not even a beginning level it's the level where you should start at right and then the phase two is followed by these movement patterns breathing bracing and pacing that we'll teach next Mm -hmm. and then following that phase is when we start to add and apply load right so even in my own online coaching i'm saying what we're talking about right now this wasn't planned everybody i didn't know that but this is exactly how i want people to focus like we're doing now with this there is a hierarchy of things that come before that thing Mm -hmm. so breathing basing pacing these are all things we want you to know prior to getting involved with that other stuff which is way yeah. beyond your skill set and you just don't really know how to do it anyway so yeah that's a good observation you know because if we were to to talk about this stuff and then have a person come in and be in sort of a commercial setting for that one hour you know the typical personal training uh product or, or business then I, I think that people would be a little disappointed because they have that expectation of like oh i should have this navy seal workout with a trainer and be dripping yeah. in sweat no. But, you know, with DJ's online coaching and the way that we've built both of our, our brands. Actually, both of us have yeah, the same idea. We're able to say, hey, you know what? We can be independent from the one hour time slot, from the gym model, from the sessions per week and the cold call ratio that you're supposed to hit. Like, we don't have to mess with that stuff because we get to go 
directly to the individual and we get to say, hey, you know what? If you're trying to build a big, huge structure, we need a big, powerful foundation. We're going to spend more time on the stretching and breathing. The foundation. You know? will, and and that's, the, yeah, it's not low level like it's unimportant. It's low it's, level like it's beginning. And it's the most <laughs> yeah. important, If actually. you're going to have a super high skyscraper of fitness, then we're going to have a massive underground parking garage Absolutely. structure, right? And that would be us double, tripling, and and quadrupling down on some of these because we know you're trying to, to get it up to those high levels. So, so these wow. aren't unimportant for anyone, whether beginner or experienced, whether this is new to you or you've heard it before, it's valuable stuff and it will make a difference for you. Again, that's this inter- this this kind of tight. We should end it about right here, I think. Okay, look, with, we'll, hit, with we'll this, hit this music and with our close out. Let's do it. Foundation. What an excellent word to use to finish this up. Building this foundation for people will ultimately get you to that better health then into your fitness levels that you want to, where you achieve your goals and find yourself changing. Yeah. So without that foundation, it's it's gonna be a really rough go and you might not finish it up. Yeah. So, hey, some of you may be listening to this and thinking, wow, they're talking about breathing? It is highly important. Mm-hmm. Bracing, mm-hmm. highly important. Pacing, highly important. And if you're about to hire somebody to help you with these things, Maybe these are some key things you should be listening to them for them to say See to if you. if they bring it up, yeah. Because if I, if you were to come to me or Joey, I know that these would be some of the very first questions that we would ask you right. was, was these lower level or foundational questions to see if you actually have a foundation before saying, yeah, we could help you lose weight or gain muscle. Right. That's yeah. how I'm doing it now, and that's how I'll forever do it is making sure. Yeah, you got to figure out if a person has what it takes to do what they want to do or if they need to to work on those tools to start with. And that's never to pick anyone apart. It's just to make sure that, like we said, you have an adequate foundation for the structure you tell us you want to build on top of it. Excellent. Hey, your base got to be bigger. But that's a long one. This is our longest one ever, over 70 minutes. I appreciate it if you're still here with us or maybe you've taken this one in chunks. But um, to that point, if you can... Share this podcast with someone else or leave a comment, put a rate, a a review or a rating on whatever podcast platform you use. And while you're there, um, send us a message if you have any topics that you want to see covered or if you have a good idea for a show. Yeah. You know what I think they should do? They should put us on like the people who work at Amazon. Right, they should put us on a loudspeaker, mm. and so that we could just entertain the troops oh, for, cool. for for an hour and uh, ten minutes. Yeah, so and help you one. help you guys pass your day, <laughs> or yeah. it, maybe if you are in a scenario where you can play this uh, out loud and nobody's offended, like play it out loud. Let everybody hear this. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, you know, one thing I always say is that you can get good advice that you already know is good advice, and it's a good reminder to continue following that. And so, even if you've driven your way here and you've stayed in your lane. I can still say, hey, it's important to stay in your lane while you drive. You say, yeah, that's true. I have to I have to believe that. And that's what we hope some of this was for maybe you more advanced listeners. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to Dumbbells and a Microphone. See you next time. <laughs>